0: It started with a murderer and a millionaire. The murderer was Edward Muybridge, a British photographer with a huge white beard who had just gotten away with shooting his wife's lover. Point blank. The millionaire was Leland Stanford. Stanford as in he founded the university. And in 1878, these two men would basically invent the movies. These two men... And a horse. From Focus Features, welcome to Zoom, the podcast for people who want a closer look at the history and science that made today's movies. I'm film critic Amy Nicholson, and today I am curious about the connection between Hollywood and horses. Why? A new film called The Mustang. It's about an angry prison inmate and the horse that tames him. It got me thinking about all the famous movie horses, which got me wondering about why horses, more than maybe any other animal, have always fascinated movie makers and audiences. And what separates a pretty cool horse from a horse movie star? And hey, speaking of which, do horses act? On this episode of Zoom, we will talk to filmmakers, horse lovers, horse historians, and the great-granddaughter of a Hollywood horse dynasty. There is a lot to explore. So, saddle up. In the Mustang, a prison inmate named Roman, played by Matthias Schoenarts, is put into a special program where he's ordered to tame a wild horse named Marquis. Hips, Roman. What about him? Your shit is tight. You need to loosen it up a little bit if you want to connect with him, all right? Which is a real thing that some prisoners do. In fact, prisoners in this program are less likely to commit crimes after they're freed. The inmates see themselves in these wild horses, which are rounded up and, in a way, turned into prisoners, just like them. Marquis the horse is suspicious, unpredictable, intimidating, and angry. Looks
1: like somebody mad at you today, huh?
0: His emotional arc is as important as Roman's. When Marquis chooses to be nice... You swoon.
1: I think you'd marry that horse if you could. You should have seen him propose earlier, man. Hey, I think you already got engaged. Don't be up.
0: And if Marquis was a human, his performance could be best supporting actor worthy. Now, if that sounds crazy to you, I get it. I've been there. Back when I was a theater critic, I had to review the Cirque du Soleil show, Kovalia Twice. That's the one with all the horses. Here's what I wrote at the time.
2: At Kovalia, horses get rapturous
0: applause simply for walking sideways. There's a limit to what a horse can actually do. Walk, run, run in geometric patterns. At least they make gorgeous balance beams. Well, I was wrong. Horses do engage in audiences' emotions. In fact, in all of movie history, encompassing all actors, human and otherwise, there is only one scene guaranteed to make me cry. That part in the never-ending story when Artex the horse drowns.
3: Artex, please.
1: You're letting the sadness of the swamps get to you. You have to try. You have to care. For me. You're my friend. I love you.
0: (sighs) A balance beam cannot do that. Still, horses can't cry. They can't crinkle their eyebrows. They don't have eyebrows. They don't even talk. Mostly. They have chosen you out of 50 horses. 50? 50. Your statue will be standing in that park forever. Ooh. Mr. Ed, typifying the spirit of the American West.
2: Pick me from 50 horses. (laughs) That's right. Oh, well, class will tell. Sure.
0: And yet some horses, like Mr. Ed, who, by the way, was played by a Palomino named Bamboo Harvester— are acting legends. How? Let's trace the horse's evolution from primitive pack animal to movie star. Horses were in Hollywood 50 million years before the movie industry. In fact, the first horses were from North America tiny little ancestor horses that eventually either stayed here, got stuck in tar pits, and went extinct, which means that our Texas struggle is real. Or they crossed the Bering Strait and went to Mongolia, and then Europe, where they got bigger, sleeker, prettier. By the time they crossed back into America, they were basically camera-ready. They just had to wait a few centuries for cameras to be invented. Which brings us back to Edward Moybridge and Leland Stanford, circa 1878. Stanford was like the tech bro Californian crazy rich guy over a century before Elon Musk. He wanted to prove that when a horse was mid-gallop, all four hooves left the ground. The horse was airborne. So on a Saturday in June, Stanford invited the press to his private racetrack and set loose his most expensive horse, named Abe Edgington. In today's money, Abe cost more than a Lamborghini, and Stanford hired his friend Moybridge to do something that had never been done before. Photograph Abe with a dozen cameras in
1: a row. Now, these photographs were shown in, like, flip books, and when you put them together, you actually saw the horse moving. And this is considered the very first motion picture. Abe Edgington is actually the very first movie star. That's Patrine Day-Mitchum, author of Hollywood Hoofbeats, a book that traces the entire
0: history of horse actors. And her father, Robert Mitchum, was maybe the 200th movie star ever. 200th after, that is, many, many, many horses. Because Moybridge's flip book of the airborne Abe Edgington inspired Thomas Edison to develop the modern film camera and to make his own horse films with titles like Bucking Bronco and
1: The Burning Stable. I like to say that the movie industry was basically built on the back of a horse.
0: That is not an understatement. Remember Georges Méliès, the silent film pioneer from our last episode on Aliens? He once wrote about the day a friend dragged him to see his very first movie. He remembers complaining to his buddy as the lights went down. What is so special about moving pictures? And then...
1: No sooner had I stopped speaking when a horse pulling a cart started to walk towards us. We sat there with our mouths open, without speaking. Filled with amazement.
0: Georges Méliès loved horse movies. So did every director from D.W. Griffith to the Lumière brothers. In these black-and-white films, horses fought fires, charged into battle, and robbed banks. Horses got kidnapped by thieves and saved brides from bad weddings. They got fake drunk, and they got fake shot, and they made fake wannabe actors look like real cowboys. And horse movies brought in a lot of money at a time when this brand-new movie business needed it. So if you were a movie fan in the silent era,
1: making a tourist pilgrimage to Hollywood, here is what you'd see. First of all, the famous Sunset Boulevard was a bridal trail, so people would be riding their horses up and down Sunset Boulevard. And Hollywood had many stables where real cowboys became film extras and wranglers. And, you know, it was just normal. It was a horse town. And in 1912, the horse movie star industry was officially launched
0: when a kid named Fat Jones rode onto a movie set. He was called Fat because
3: he was always a pudgy kid. But I think if you see photos, he wasn't fat. He's a stocky, but he's also short. And so he's a short, stocky man who got the name Fat when he was young. And it stuck.
0: Meet Fat Jones's great-granddaughter, Solome Milstead. She's a film teacher who inherited both a love for the movies And a love for horses. I always joke and say that I think it's kind of a genetic disposition.
3: My first sentence was, I want to ride the horse.
0: When Salome's great-granddad rode into Hollywood, many of the men on movie sets were literal cowboys. For real. Hollywood as an industry was just a couple years old. And for actual cowboy types, it was a second gold rush. A place where a rough dude who packed pistols could make some easy bucks as an extra in westerns. I mean,
3: I think it was grown men play acting, right? But not Fats. He was just a third grade
0: dropout trying to make a living.
3: And he was initially hired by a baker to carry trays and to do these deliveries with trays. But because he was kind of short and a little bit chubby, the baker ended up firing him, I think, very quickly after a couple days and said that he just wasn't going to make
0: it in this, you know, as his helper. So Fats rode his horse down to where these real cowboys were making Westerns. He wasn't trying to find an acting gig. He
3: had something else in mind. Fat was young and wasn't necessarily suited to being in the picture, but he had a horse, so he walked the horse down and offered the horse up to somebody else to ride.
0: Someone said yes and paid him decent money to rent the horse. The next day, Fats came back and rented his horse again. Soon, he had earned enough to buy a second horse, and boom, a tycoon was made. Eventually, Fats had hundreds of horses for rent, along with anything else a director might need to make a Western or a Civil War picture. And if Fats didn't have it, even if it was weird, just give him a minute. I guess there was a picture that they did that
3: was entirely cast with uh, little people. And so they needed a, they were using Shetland ponies, but they wanted like a really beautiful stagecoach, but they needed it in two-thirds scale. So they built it.
0: Yes, a miniature Western was a real movie in 1938. I'll let one of the actors introduce it.
4: I'm the toughest hombre that ever threw Lynn. And I ain't afraid of the biggest one of you. I'm the terror of Tiny Town. And that's
0: the star part. But Fat Jones was also responsible for some of the biggest horse stars ever. Specifically, my favorite. Rex, the king of the wild horses. Rex started movies with titles like Black Cyclone, and Plunging Hoofs, and The Devil Horse. And my favorite? Hoofbeats of Vengeance. I'm just going to say that title again. Hoofbeats of Vengeance. In Rex's movies, he was the star, not some human. Even kings would speak of him with respect.
4: Gentlemen, for countless ages, the horse has been held sacred by my people. You mean you worship horses? They are all sacred. We worship but one, the Black Arabian stallion. A Black Arabian? You doubt me? I can hardly blame you. There is no horse in the world like him. Come, you
0: will see for yourself. The king takes the explorers to gaze upon Rex, not in person through a window, and there is this all-black, super buff, crazy-looking horse rearing and stomping and being, well, badass.
4: Do you understand now why we worship him of all horses? He's like a king. He is a king. The living symbol of the horse god of Sujan.
0: I'm sure you've heard a lot of crazy actor biographies, but never one like Rex's. Rex was born in 1915. He was abused as a cult and then taken to a Colorado detention home for troubled boys and troubled horses. One day, one of the boys took Rex for a ride, and Rex murdered him, dragged the kid to death, and then left his corpse by a stream. Rex was locked in solitary confinement. Until Fat Jones heard about this murder horse.
3: They went and checked him out, and nobody could handle him. He was really mean and really kind of ornery, and they thought he'd be perfect for pictures.
0: Yes, this murder horse is perfect for pictures.
3: I don't know if it was because he's a black stallion and he was exceptionally beautiful and he looked very wild on film. People really, really loved the little one-reeler stories that were the stories about Rex and his family. And so they were able to spin this into its own franchise. But if you go back and you look at the films, he's rarely in a scene with a human. That's because when
0: Rex was in scenes with humans, He would bite them and trample them and rip off their clothes. If you cracked a whip, he would try to bite the whip. A Navajo actor explained that Rex had a, quote, devil imprisoned inside of him. Extras wore amulets to protect themselves from his evil eye. But audiences loved Rex. He got tons of fan mail, and his handlers sent back headshots that read,
1: Sincerest best wishes from the meanest horse in the world.
0: Petrine Day Mitchum, like any Hollywood horse historian, could talk all day about Rex.
1: He was a huge star. It's kind of hard for people to get their minds around this these days, that a horse could be such a huge star, but he was. The horse actually had a reputation for never really being totally tame, but they would tolerate that, just as sometimes producers tolerate a temperamental actor because he was such a charismatic screen presence.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of like a human actor equivalent who would be similar to Rex.
1: Oh, let's not go there. (laughs) Maybe someone like Marlon Brando. (laughs) You know, Trigger, Roy Rogers' beautiful Trigger, one of the most famous horses in television and film. Boy, maybe Brad Pitt. I mean,
0: fan mail. What do you think was in that fan mail? What were people writing?
1: Well, what, what kind of a fan letter would you write to a horse? I don't know. You know, Trigger, you're so beautiful. I hope I get to ride you someday.
0: (laughs) That is love. The love of a movie audience lavished upon a horse on a screen. Three horse actors, Trigger, Tony the Wonder Horse, and Champion, have their hoofprints in the cement outside Hollywood's famous Chinese theater. Tony, by the way, would get manicures and perms for his public appearances. And not only earned co-star billing with his cowboy rider Tom Mix. He received more fan mail. Seriously, once a kid addressed a letter to, quote, Just Tony, somewhere in the USA, and it was delivered. Champion was the first horse to take a transcontinental flight in a special stall built just for him. The stewardess fed him carrots so that his ears would pop. And as for Trigger, well, when he died, Roy Rogers wound up getting him stuffed. If you're near Branson, Missouri, pay Taxidermy Trigger a visit. That
1: is a special kind of love. It's not uncommon that instead of falling in love with their leading lady, the actor might fall in love with his horse. That happens actually more often than you would think, where an actor will fall in love with a horse and end up buying him. I know that Viggo Mortensen bought one of his Lord of the Rings horses and also one of the, his Hildago horses.
0: After starring in the comedy City Slickers, Billy Crystal not only bought Beechnut his co-starring horse, he brought Beechnut to the Oscars. They both lived happily in Malibu for 26 more years. Way longer than most Hollywood relationships. A horse at the Oscars, okay. But what about a horse winning
1: an Oscar? To
0: Petrine de Mitchum, I posed the billion dollar question. Do you
1: believe that horses act? I absolutely believe that horses act. You know, there are many, many stories that, are, there are just too many stories of horses acting. And I've even seen it in my own horses. Like we had a horse growing up who, he knew that if he limped, he would get a day off. So one day he'd limp on one foot. One day he'd limp on the other foot. He was just a big pretender. I don't know though.
0: That doesn't sound like an actor so much as a horse that does not want to do manual labor. So I spoke to Netta DeMeo, a horse expert with a familiar origin story. My
4: first word was horse, and I just think I came in loving horses.
0: Netta founded Return to Freedom, a group that rescues wild Mustangs from government roundups, just like the roundup that opens the movie The Mustang. Some of Netta's horses were actually extras in the film. But she also owns a horse named Spirit, who is a legit movie celebrity. Maybe you've seen his star vehicle, the animated DreamWorks flick Spirit. Stallion of the Cimarron.
4: The story that I want to tell you cannot be found in a book. They say the history of the West was written from the saddle of a horse, but it's never been told from the heart of one. Not till now.
1: True,
0: Spirit is voiced by Matt Damon, and he's also a cartoon. But the real Spirit served as model and muse for the animators. And is convinced that he knew when it was time to slip into character.
4: You know, he does, he's this funny. I remember this one time he, we were doing a shot and he was standing behind me and he was just being really bratty. And then that red light went on and all of a sudden he's in pose mode and he knows exactly. That's a horse that I knew, definitely knew when that camera was on and when that camera was off.
0: Well, I'm curious, like, has Spirit ever watched any of his own performances? I haven't showed in
4: the movie. I don't know if anyone had before, but uh, I do know one thing. When he hears that Brian Adams song, "Here I Am," <laughs> no, seriously, he definitely becomes a very high energy suddenly.
0: Yes, Brian Adams performs the theme song to Spirit. It's a real banger, at least according to Spirit. Still, every actor needs a good director to shape their performance, and that goes triple when the actor is a horse.
2: So, let's meet Lord de Clermont-Tonnerre. She directed the Mustang. I couldn't say that I predicted to do a film about horses. No, never. But I always loved them. You feel so completely naked in front of a horse. I mean, emotionally naked. There's something very humbling to be in front of this animal, which is huge. When Laura was a girl in her native France, she fell in love with a film that's
0: kind of like that scene in The NeverEnding Story. It features a boy and a white horse and a swamp. It's called White Mane.
2: It remind me like the Jungle Book, but uh, in France with a horse and a, and a little boy. And it's the only one to be able to touch him and ride him. And, he, and when he whistles, the horse comes and it happens in like this place in France named Camargue. Camargue horses, by the way, are famous for two things. They swim and they are bright white,
0: which means if there's a movie with a horse that swims, it is probably a Camargue, even if it's the black stallion. Yes, in the Francis Ford Coppola produced The Black Stallion, When the Boy Saves a Horse from a Shipwreck, that is a white Camargue dyed black. And I am sorry if I have ruined your childhood. For the Mustang, though, Laura did not have to dye her horse Marquis. In fact, the casting process was a lot like what it would be to cast any starring role.
2: She started by hunting for an actor with natural good looks. First, I knew I needed to find a buckskin color horse. That was the color I wanted for the horse.
0: Why buckskin, this lovely latte shade? Well, in part because between white mane and the black stallion,
2: all the iconic horse colors were taken. So no white, no black. Then what I have left, interesting colors was gray, gorilla, buckskin, done. And actually, I fell in love with this wild horse that I found in this uh, holding facility. And it was like light buckskin with this black mane and black tail, and so beautiful. That
0: was a horse named Luke. And then, Laura cast two matching buckskin horses as Luke's understudies, all of whom, again, acted just like movie actors. But
2: in the worst way. So they were, like, in pen next to each other. And one morning, we found out that he was, like, half of his tail was off, and was like, what's going on? And the other horse had beaten all his, like, he was just shooing, His air it was like the all about Eve kind of behavior. Like, this is my scene. This is my moment. No, you're too pretty. It's like like those horses were kind of movie stars.
0: So maybe it's no surprise that in Luke's first scene as Marquis, Laura gives him an entrance befitting a movie star. The kind where she makes you aware of him, but won't show you his face until you're dying to know who is that. It's the trick Steven Spielberg used to introduce the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. You know the scene. The kids, the rain, the cups of water on the car dashboard, and that closer and closer thumping.
1: Maybe it's the power trying to come back on.
0: Uh, No, it's not. Like the T-Rex, we hear Marquis the horse before we meet him. An ominous banging from inside a barn. We don't even know it's a horse in there. Finally, Roman, the human prison inmate, peers into the barn. And Laura shows us Marquis in the shadows, just like film noir femme fatale. And she shoots a close-up of Marquis's eye, so close that you can see Roman's reflection. In that one scene, Laura doesn't just set up Marquis as a star of the film. She sets the entire tone of a movie that's about lives held prisoner.
2: It's as if the horse was a kind of um a mirror of the, of the man. And the man is a mirror of the horse. And they have the same journey, very identical journey. And I think the man, the man recognizes in the horse that he has the same anxiety, fear than him. And the horse feels that too.
0: All these emotions from a single shot of a horse who can't even speak. So really, it's no wonder horses have made great film stars ever since the silent era. We don't need to hear them to hear something in them and in us. Neta de Mayo, Spirit's owner, thinks this fascination goes back all the way to the first humans, drawing pictures of horses on cave walls.
4: It's like an echo to some ancient past or some connection that we all have. I just think somehow horses do offer us a bridge because they do connect with us in a certain way and they allow us on their backs and they take us on a journey. And they give us certain freedoms that we don't have with our own two feet. An invitation to adventure, an invitation to go beyond the horizon.
0: An invitation to adventure. I love that. Cause it's true for riding a horse and it's true for sitting down in a movie theater. For joining us for the second of our first two episodes of Zoom. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you are listening, because we're gonna be dropping new episodes randomly throughout the year. Like, for instance, in a few months, we'll take a trip to Downton Abbey to learn about Edwardian etiquette. It would be a terrible faux pas to miss it, so grab your oyster fork, use it to press subscribe, and give Zoom a proper RSVP that is, rating, s'il vous plaît. Zoom is produced by Focus Features. It was written and hosted by me, Amy Nicholson. Our senior producer and senior editor is Rico Galliano. Stephen Cologne engineered. Sound designed by Jake Gorsky. Our twang-tastic original music was composed by Martin Ostwick. Production assistance was provided by Zach Vasquez. And Kim Troxel is our fabulous graphic designer. Till next time, stay curious.